Hello and welcome to the Miss Rolling In podcast. As usual, my name is Jacob and I'm joined as usual by JJ. How are you, mate? Just about getting over the weekend's <laughs> result. Uh, I don't think this is going to be a too too positive one, uh, but I'm doing all right. It's still very, very cold here. Still a bit of snow, but I'm doing all right. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm okay. Thanks, mate. I uh, It's been a, obviously, if anyone's watched the vlog, they'll know that friend of the podcast and my friend of over 20 years, Casey Fitch, came back from America. So it's been a, I know, with a, with a different drinks on Friday night. So I'm, I'm drinking vitamin C water, not Bear Grylls style. Really. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So for, for those listening, Jacob's held up something that literally resembles piss. Um, it's a uh, orange flavored vi- uh, vitamin C drink. Because I can't stand oranges. And that's so. the information the subscribers want to know. <laughs> so let's fly into the Everton match. Let's not. Let's talk about a new feature for this channel, Jacob. Um, Go on then, JJ. So uh, everybody that watches this channel might have noticed that we've been putting out some match day vlogs, uh, which feature mine and Jacob's match day experience as we watch Forest at the city grounds. Uh, Primarily, what we've realised is our match day experience is pretty repetitive. So it consists of a few buzz points: getting down to Nottingham, uh, going to Poets to watch the game uh, to get pissed, essentially, uh, and then watching the game and then moaning about it afterwards. So that's pretty much our day, and we've not really, you know, transitioned too much from that because that is our ritual. And what we've decided is that there are plenty of other match day experiences out there uh, amongst the Forest fan base. So what we would like to do is use our platform and channel to showcase the variety and diversity of different match day experiences across the Forest fan base. So whether people take this up or not is up to them. But what we're looking for is somebody to volunteer if they go into a game to vlog their match day and share with other Forest fans their match day experience. And we're calling that series a fan's view to try and give an alternative view to what ours is and our match day experiences. So, off the back of that, if anybody is going to either the Fulham or Wolves game this week uh, and are interested in vlogging their day and sending it across to us to edit and put on our channel to showcase your match day, then get in touch with us. Um, you can message us on Twitter at MissRollingPod or you can message us on Instagram at MissRollingInPod. The links will be in the description of the YouTube channel or if you're listening, should be in the description of the episode. But yeah. Essentially, what we're trying to do is showcase a variety of different fan views and angles and match days and rituals, and everybody's got something different. We don't want it to just be ours. So if it's something you're interested in, something you're comfortable with, drop us a message, and I think it would be nice to sort of build up various views and and see what other people have going on. Um, Might not work. Some people might not take it up. It's fine. But at the moment, it's an idea that we'd love to see uh, go into fruition. So if you're interested, like I say, Drop us a message. <laughs> oh, thank you for bringing it down at the end, mate. <laughs> well, the, embar- <laughs> the embarrassing thing is we say we want to showcase a fan's view and be the fan's voice for everything that they've got going on and nobody messages and it just doesn't happen. That would be embarrassing. So try and make sure that doesn't happen and drop us a message if you're interested. <laughs> okay, so now flying into the Everton game, which uh, started with as many as four changes to the starting 11, didn't it, JJ? So Good. we've had uh, Willy Bolly and Serge Aurier come in for Moussinia Karte and Olaina, um, who are both on the bench. 
And then we've had Din- D- Nico Dominguez and Danilo drop out for Ibrahim Sangare and Ryan Yates. Uh, Dominguez on the bench, but Danilo is nowhere to be seen. I think, I think looking at the start 11, when we were in Poets, I think it was, um, I, I, was, I wasn't disappointed in any way, shape or form. I thought it was a strong team. Um, I was surprised by Bolifinia Carte, especially because of how, how well he did against Ollie Watkins. But, you know, I, I, I like Bolly a lot. Um, Aurier has had really good games for us as well. Uh, Dominguez, very surprised about. Um, and Danilo, uh, to be honest, I think he looked a bit leggy in the, last, in the uh, previous game against Brighton. Um, obviously, he's only just coming back from injury himself. What about you, JJ? Firstly, I'd like to apologise for anybody listening to this podcast on the move. You've probably had to duck for cover after listening to Jacob's dog bark out of nowhere. Uh, (laughs) Bit of a a jump scare. Um, If you're, wherever you're hiding and taking cover, apologise for that. To pretend you were listening to a DMX song. Yeah. Or thinking back to the game itself and just had to. (laughs) Anyway, um, so yeah, I was... Bit surprised to see Bolly come in. I thought the combination of Murillo and Niakate has been strong, um, but Bolly's also been strong in his performances, so I'm not too mad at it. And I've read recently that Bolly is like the go to translator because he speaks Portuguese. So I guess that's part of why he's been tasked alongside Murillo, maybe for better communication. The addition of sort of Yates surprises me a little bit because I very much saw him as an alternative to Sangare, who it sounded like was going to be out through virus. So I thought he would be the alternative. So the midfield three without Sangare would be Mangala, Yates and Dominguez. However, seeing as Sangare is apparently back, then I'd have preferred personally to stick with Sangare, Mangala and Dominguez. I know Yates is probably right for this type of fixture, but I'm very surprised to see Dominguez dropped because of his work rate and effort and just the way that midfield three seems to be working quite well together at the minute. Um, yeah. I mean, I imagine there's a lot of internal pressure for Sangari to play, being as though how much they paid for him and the, you know, the fact he left the Champions League club in the Champions League, didn't he? So yes. I'm not saying I agree with it. I'm just saying, I imagine that's, that's, that's the case, isn't it? But even so, if he is playing, uh, I still would have seen preferred, I think Dominguez over Yates, but Yates had a good game, I think, or an yeah. okay game. Um, yeah. Aurier for Aina surprises me as well. I personally think Aina has done a really good job since he's come in. Seen a few people on X or Twitter moan about his performances in the last few, saying that he can't be he can't be given as a good performer because of the amount of goals chipped. But and then in the same breath, saying how good Murillo is, so it doesn't make any sense to me. Um, he's obviously he scored against Villa. He set up one up for Alanga at West Ham away. I think he's been fine. Um, and I guess we'll discuss Aurier later on, but I think he's better than Aurier. So in terms of the X1 or 11, sorry, I don't, don't know why X1. I said that. I don't know why I said X1. that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, dis- I, I took myself by surprise there. But in terms of the start it's 11, not, it's not even a one. I don't know. Um, it's It surprised me a little bit, but you'd think with our home advantage or supposed home advantage, it's enough. Hey ho, let's talk about the actual game. Once you get over the fact I said X1. Buta <laughs> Fidgetoni. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah, I mean, the first half, the, the, there wasn't too much to talk about. There was a few chances. I think um, there was the Beto chance where he definitely should have scored after after 
Black Demos came out. Um, you got this notice down, noted down as a failed to claim. I think Bolly got in his way, so six one off dozen of the, of the other. But yeah, it's, it's it's very very lucky that Beto's a donkey. Um, Alanga had a, had a great chance that he dragged wide. I think, and we're going to talk. And well, I, I'm going to talk about this later on. But I think Alanga definitely should have got that on target. Um, and then obviously Murillo making a, a another superhuman block off the line because he is a superhuman defender who is who I'm trying very hard not to get attached to JJ yeah the first half was painful mm-hmm. if there was mm-hmm. ever the thing that we said before this game is um, what Sean Dyche and what their team will try and do is zap the energy from the crowd once you've got the crowd <laughs> against the team or not against it but just bored then I think yep. you take out half the sting of what is the forest atmosphere. I don't think Sean Dyche and his team had to do much for that to happen. I think we did it ourselves. Um, it felt very passive, very slow, very sloppy. Um, I think I read that we had the possession of the first half, which surprises me because it just felt like nothing happened. And there were a few chances or a few half chances and obviously Murillo blocking the line. Great to see. Mm. But the first half in general just rubbish it was absolutely rubbish yeah yeah um i don't think i don't think either team were better than the other i think we probably probably had the, the the kind of rubber the chances maybe and that's been gener- very very generous but yeah i think i don't think either team showered themselves with glory in that first um, half i in agree that first half for sure definitely yeah. not yeah and then obviously with with you know it was very scrappy at halftime. Um, when they got in at halftime, sorry, it was very scrappy at the first half. But when we've come out and uh, Felipe's on for Bolly, um, I'm presuming that's an injury because that's a very weird substitution to make, but also fantastic to get the first appearance of the season of Felipe. Excited to see that. I think uh, obviously Murillo is a constant at the minute. You can't drop him based on the performances he's given. Mm-hmm. He's certainly, I think, one of the only players that can come out of it with a lot of credit on Saturday is a guy that is our centre-back. He did yep. what he does best. He, you know, last-ditch line blocks or tackles or running through multiple plays or having a pop on target. Like, it's, it's unbelievable. And I think it's exciting to see now the options we've got with Felipe being back to partner him. So, be it Bolly, Felipe or Niakate, I'm quite confident that all of those combinations are going to be quite strong. Yep. Um, so, obviously, the... Felipe bonus is he is Brazilian, um, so I'm sure he's built up a good relationship with Murillo. Uh, mm-hmm. Bolly has been really good this season, I think, and speaks Portuguese. And then Nia Carte, we all know his strengths. Uh, he's a great defender. Um, a bit of an imbalance with two left-footed defenders, so maybe that puts him a bit further down the list. But either way, any combination of those sort of four players excites me. I think we've got a strong centre-back pairing. We just need to maybe get a bit of a constant and a bit of a partnership forming now rather than chopping and changing as we have done over the last few weeks. Um, But yeah, really happy that Felipe was back. It's goddamn gorgeous, which helps. Um, (laughs) But he's uh, a beautiful man, beautiful player. I didn't actually know he was on. I, I missed the start of the second half. So when I got back to my seat, it was a good sort of few minutes in where I went, hang on, is that Felipe? Uh, so a nice surprise hopefully not at the <laughs> the sort of hindrance of Bolly being injured but very nice to see Felipe back yes yes absolutely but then it, you know the second half follows a very similar pattern as the first half 
maybe with a bit more Everton control. Um, and then we have a, an incident where ultimately Felipe hits the post from a corner, which was which was great work from him. Um, however, and I, I, I must admit, I didn't see anything of the sort at the time, but having watched it back and been told by people who were watching from home, it was a stonewall penalty on Ryan Yates. Uh, it was Duke ah. Corey, wasn't it? Was you that so? Only put, gone. Was that the corner where the penalty That's happened? The corner, yeah. Ah, okay. He, he knocks ball comes in. He knocks Yates over. The ball's then one pass, two pass. Felipe hits the post. Right. Okay. Yeah. So well, it's it, it's it's. I I don't understand one how the referee doesn't see it, and two how VAR don't intervene. I think. It's just embarrassing. It's just ridiculous. It's just completely and utterly ridiculous. It's more of a penalty than the two last week at the city ground. This one was like an indisputable version of those two. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm just, I, I'm at a loss of words sometimes as to how, like the, the, you watch the replay, the referee is looking at it. Can't be bothered to give anything. VAR, it's just, it's it's so inconsistent. I, I, like, I, I'm definitely both feet in the camp of get rid of it. It's pointless. Well, so I didn't realise it was that penalty that the contentious decision was when watching the highlights. Sorry, that penalty, that corner. Um, because when watching the highlights back, it's just not referenced. Um, I thought there was a lot of chaos in the box. I think you get that from what was a good delivery from Toffolo. And I think one point yeah. to make, he had a good delivery largely on Ooh. Saturday. Morgan Gibbs White couldn't be the first man. Frustrating as... Mm. But I'm sick of saying that now, so we're not going to go into that. Uh, however... The fact that VAR hasn't looked at that and said it was a penalty absolutely blows my mind because the, every person that's watched it back has said it's a penalty. The punditry mm-hmm. I was watching back on the train on the way back from the ground, um, the people in the studio were saying it's a Stonewall penalty. And if you're literally seven days prior to that, we had two penalties in the same game that are of similar vein to that. You'd ask for consistency but I don't think this is even a topic of consistency because I think this is more of a penalty than both of them. So how on earth can you look at that and not give a penalty, particularly given the narrative of a week prior where two weaker decisions were given? Can't see it. And that has the potential to be a game changer, not just for the game itself. If Forest go 1-0 up, it might change the sort of atmosphere in the stadium. Yeah, It might change the result of the game. Obviously speculative, you don't know, but it has the potential to be a, a game changer. And Forrest being 1-0 up, obviously, is going to change the narrative as, as opposed to what happens just shortly after this, which we'll go to talk about. But the thing that frustrates me is it changes the narrative of the club itself because, again, we'll talk about this later, but the narrative is swiftly changing to Cooper out. And that's off the back of another loss uh, against a team, what people say, like Everton. I think Everton were the better team in the second half and deserved it. We'll discuss that. However, this potential game changer not only potentially changes the result of the game, but if that influences a manager getting removed because of a result off the back of that, at some point you've just got to say, how is that fair? And how is this thing that's in place to protect us? It's just not fit for purpose. So they need to go away and think about it and potentially pause it or scrap it or whatever, because right now it isn't fit for purpose. Absolutely, absolutely, and then you know, and then you couple couple that with, with the fact that Everton got the other end of the pitch and 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 take a one 0 lead with it's it's a it's a wonderful finish, but the ball into the box is headed out by Mangala. I think Mangala should have done a lot better with his header. It, it's just it's just wide and straight back to Everton. 
um, the ball then drops back in, and it's, it's from a corner or a free kick, wasn't it? The ball then the ball's then put back in, and there's a line of midfielders. So with Callum Hudson Adoy, Ryan Yates, Mangala, Sangare in front of the defence, and they don't move at all to try and help. And then uh, the shot, it's a, it's a fabulous strike from Dwight McNeil, no, no doubt about it. But um, Aurier ducks it, and I, th- I, I don't think Vlad could have done anything else about it, but Aurier ducks it, so, and he stood in his way. So it's, it's kind of, I want to say it's just a good strike, but I think Aurier could have, could have stuck his neck on the line a bit, if that makes sense. Yeah, great hit. Obviously, hit with a lot of lot of power. Jacob's gone, so sorry. Um, right. He's had enough. Dog's got a hula hoop. Fair. Um, <laughs> as long as Scott speaks, it's okay. Fair. You don't see this on match of the day where Gary Lineker <laughs> moves off because his his dog's got a hula hoop. But there you go. This is the great professionalism you can enjoy in this podcast. Um, I thought it was very lethargic defending all around. I think a lot of people stood there and watched. The mm-hmm. ball and Aurier to me personally, I think just looks really lazy. Uh, stood there, statuesque, not really asked to move or close him down or move out of the way of the keeper. Seeing a lot of there's a lot of consensus online that Vlack should have saved it. I think it's a fucking brilliant hit. I think a lot of power goes there. And with Aurier being in front of him, I don't know if you can pinpoint the blame 100% on him. I think there's a few people here that you could possibly, possibly pinpoint the blame on. However, at what point is there any blame? Is it just a great strike? So, like you say, annoying off the back of what should have been a penalty. Narrative of the game's changed. They go 1-0 up. And personally, I feel once a Sean Dyche team goes 1-0 up, that's pretty much it. I think you're going to struggle to get back into it. Um, and we did. Well, especially with somebody like James Garner dictating in the field who, who, who got man of the match, which was... Equal parts painful and lovely to see. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's very very hard to do to do to do that. Especially oddly enough, as we're at home, they're 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 happy to go balls to the wall, aren't they? And and, and do what they need to. Um, we did have a few half chances. So Anthony Alanga hit the side netting. Uh, Murillo had a had a wonderful run and shot, uh, and then Alanga curled one just wide at the end, which I still to this moment right now don't understand how that did not go in. Um, but yeah, it's um, it's very, very, very. In- it's it's one of those things because I, I was saying we were, we were talking just before we came on, weren't we? Around um, the it, Everton were the better team overall. I think overall the, the the length of the game they were the better team, but I think we probably had the better number of chances, if that makes sense. So I I think a draw probably would have been a still still been a fair result, but. Yeah, it's 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 a tough one to take, I think. Very tough. I think Everton were the better team, personally. I think they deserved the three points. Uh, I don't think we did ourselves any favours. I think architects of our own downfall comes into play here. Um, watching the highlights back or the extended highlights back today, I was actually quite surprised at how many chances there actually were in the game for us or half chances because during the game, it just felt like both the crowd, um, the atmosphere and the players, it was just frustrated. And I think you yeah. often get that when you're playing uh, a Daesh team and they are there to frustrate and they are there to yeah. annoy. And I think that did happen, but both in the stands and on the pitch, it just felt very frustrated. 
it didn't it didn't feel good. And I think it's interesting that everyone's walked away from that performance thinking it's probably one of the worst we've seen. And I would agree. I think it was absolutely shit uh, to yeah. put it bluntly. Um, but we still had a chance. We still had our own chances to to stake a claim in the game and get something back or had the penalty been given, taking a lead. So it's again, just feels frustrating. I think because we're also close, like there are half chances. We are close to changing uh, the game and the narrative of the game, but it just felt, it felt weak. It felt like there was a lack of willing from the crowd and the players. And it just felt like the entire stadium at the moment is just feeling a sense of frustration. And I can see why, particularly during that performance, because the only word I can really put towards it is deflating. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I mean, I mean, the saving grace for me is, and this this is kind of what I always try and take away, is, it, is we didn't play well. Categorically didn't play well. And I don't think we played well at any point during the game, especially even in the first half where I think it was very 50-50. Um, but we still created chances. I think Alanga should have had a hat-trick. Uh, Gibbs White had a great chance that he fired wide at the near post. Um, Felipe at the post, we should have had a penalty. Um, so, you know, we are still creating chances without playing well, which is, which is you know, I'm trying, I'm, I, I am reaching here, but I think it's still a very big positive. Um, had someone like Tywell, when you've been on the pitch, who is a, who is a, a poacher 101, I, I think we could maybe have got something, but... It doesn't excuse the def- the deflating performance and yeah, you know, couple that with I, I, you know even the day even starts off badly, didn't it? With the there was no Mullafkin tire, um, uh, yeah, <laughs> which, which is, it, I, I I I don't get what happened with with Mullafkin tire. You have to press play, right? You know, um, oh, well, my mate traveled three and a half thousand miles to come and watch Forest play, and he didn't get Mullafkin tire. <laughs> Yeah, it's that's just, there's there's some there's some little bits at the moment where you just feel a bit frustrated of just tiny little things that do make a bit of a difference. Yeah. The, the fan zone, for example, that's just been announced sounds really well intentioned, but launching it on a day where it's minus two and it's freezing outside doesn't make much sense to me. Where just, was that in the summer? In the yeah, they're just truck copying the trend navigation, aren't they? As well, so. they are. But having two of them does you know works for me. Uh, just where was that in the summer? Why are we so late to that? Mullaf yeah. Kintyre, after the effort of the display that Forza Garibaldi put in, not having that played makes no sense. And that's sort of the thing that kicks the fans into gear and almost gets the players up for it. And that was missing. And we made a good effort at having a go at it a cappella, but how, how have you got that wrong? Um, yeah. So there's just a few bits and pieces around the ground or around the, the club at the minute that just doesn't make sense. And, not having Taiwo on the pitch makes a massive difference. That in itself yeah. is a huge missing part yeah. of it. How how many, however many thousand people were there saw that Chris Wood should not have been on the pitch for 90 minutes, but Cooper couldn't makes no sense to me. There's a lot going on that just you think, come on. I, I almost get leaving him on more more than starting him. Leaving him, you know, he went to a two up, two, two up top, there's no other strikers on the bench. I, I, I get it there. Again, leaving him on more than bringing him on, if that if that makes sense. I thought he was absolutely rubbish. Yeah. Oh, I'm not saying he was good. I'm just saying, you know, he was in the right. He'd been in the right place at the right time for his for his goals, hasn't he? For Forest. Yeah. So, well, that, I, I get it. That was a game we lost uh, again. Unfortunately, back to back losses at home. 
which is not the best. I think a stat I read was first the last time, first time, time in a while, though. First time in a long while. The last time that we lost consecutive matches at home was August slash September last season, apparently. So it's a long time, a very long time. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, yeah, the tide turning off the back of that to Cooper being out, I'm starting to see a lot more people be vocal about it on Twitter. And it seems to be turning yeah. from Cooper in with just a few people being Cooper out to those that are Cooper in saying, uh, I don't know, this could be a time for a change. And what I would like to say to that is there are whispers or rumours that Lopetegu or Lopetegu, however you say it, uh, has been approached to gauge his interest for the job. And he was a firm no because he was concerned about the lack of uh, depth in the squad. So if this is the all singing or dancing replacement that everybody wants, I disagree. I think he's completely fucking boring. But if he is, why are people not going, well, hang on, if this manager that's supposed to be so great is concerned about the lack of depth in the squad, how can we not apply that to the person that currently remains in the job and look at the fact that he's still got a difficult task because we don't have Tyra in the squad. It is a bit different. Danilo's injured again or something. Who knows? But I don't know. I, I Everyone can tell, firmly Cooper in. I just can't understand why this is happening. And this next week is huge for both Nottingham Forest as a football club, but for Steve Cooper in general. Uh, this week dictates how we go forward as a club, I think. Yeah. Just just one more thing on the Everton game before we discuss the two. The, the, well, certainly Fulham anyway. Um there was a penalty, there was a handball incident in the second half that is has not been on match of the day, it's not on the extended highlights. Um, sat in Upper Bridgeford, I am convinced it was a penalty. It wasn't given, I haven't seen a replay, I can't see a replay because it's not in the highlights. If anybody was watching on TV or anybody who was watching on TV can put a comment on the video to say, yes, it was, no, it wasn't, blah, 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 it was this, it was that. His second half, I think it was just after their goal or just around the same time. I feel like, oh, no, I don't, it wasn't Ryan Yates, it was the other penalty, was it? But yeah, if somebody could just let us know, because I, I, yeah, I, we, I can't see that back, basically. And I'm, I'm super interested because I, I was convinced it was a Stonewall penalty. You need closure. You need closure, Joshua, you're right. You're right, which uh, brings us into the uh, Fulham game, which is Wednesday at seven thirty, isn't it? It's one of the yes. is it is it prime prime games? A prime game, yeah. I was very uh, happy to see that because recently I've been, well, not complaining, but the one thing I liked about Championship is there were so many games so quick, uh, yeah. Which is at the detriment of the club sometimes because it absolutely knackered players. But I do yeah. miss the sort of regular games that we kept having, and it feels like our games are quite distanced. So. When I looked at the calendar for next week and saw that we were playing two games, I got really excited. Uh, The excitement dwindled a little bit following the fact that we (laughs) lost to Everton. Um, But I am looking forward to a two-game match week. Yeah. But yes, it is a prime prime game. So you've written a a devastating stat here, JJ, which is Fulham have won seven of their last nine league games against Forest and won both Premier League games last season. So I'm presuming the last one we won was the one nil Philip Zinkenagel yeah. through the goalkeeper's legs off the line. That that one. What a game! What a game! That was when the top two dream was still alive, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. So it's 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 going to be a very tough game. They played very well at the weekend against Liverpool, didn't they? Um, they're a very settled team. Got some really good players. I 
I'm gonna I'm gonna go with a fingers crossed one one JJ. How about you? I think it's going to be a difficult game. Like you say, they have just put three past uh, Liverpool. Um, they've got an okay squad. They've got some good players and they've got some average players. Um, I think the fact that they are very similar to us in terms of uh, table position and yep. performances, I think it's going to be a difficult game. I think it's going to be very similar to like the West Ham where we're almost matching each other. Um, yes. I'm hoping it's not another three two where we lose by one goal again. Um, I think given the circumstances at the minute, given the fact that they're a good team and given the fact that we're away, I would take a point. So I think a 1-1 would be great. Yep, Desperate absolutely. for a win because I think that really helps us um, just buy a bit of time and let everyone who's entitled to think that we're top 10 to just take a bit of a breather. Because um, whilst we keep on losing, that sort of bottom few teams like Luton won again or Luton have won recently to close the yeah. gap on us a little bit. Obviously Everton winning brings them close to getting out of the mixer and the eight point gap that we had is starting to close. So I'm just hoping we can pick up some points this week and hopefully give ourselves a bit more of a buffer again. Um, desperate for a win. I think it will be difficult. Uh, wouldn't be surprised to see a loss. I'm predicting a draw, which we'll think would be a good result. Absolutely. Absolutely. So this rounds off this episode of the Miss Rolling Podcast. I just want to say a couple of special thank yous. So first of all, to Casey for doing his uh, guest vlog. Really appreciate it, mate. Uh, to Riley as well in Poets, who gave us his, his thoughts and predicted 3-0. I love the optimism, kid. Um, and then, uh, oh, and to Poets as well for being the best pub in the world. Uh, and then to anybody who's uh, listening for the first time, thank you very much for finding us. And if you've come back again and again and again, God knows we love you. Yes. Yes. 